Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Slammed, a Boston Celtics podcast uh, discussing the Boston Celtics and the NBA at large. This is a trade deadline special. I'm Megan Adelini from WEI, joined by Esteban Bustios from GBH, our intrepid producer, Justin Turpin. He's actually boots on the ground right now. Um, the word is that Joe Missoula is holding a very special media session today after uh, Brad Stevens kind of at large trade post trade deadline press conference. So Justin is doing good work out there. We can't wait to hear or get whisperings of depending on how open that media session with Joe Missoula is, but that's where he is today. Um, and Esteban and I were just chatting. It is a Friday. So if you're watching in the video medium, I'm fully <laughs> embracing the impending Super Bowl weekend, not with my gear, but just with the fact that I haven't gotten ready for the day yet. Hey, so I got my good. O's hat on, got my main sweatshirt going. I'm repping all parts of the East Coast. Yeah. I, you know, it's look, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm in a hoodie. A uh, gray T-shirt. It's gray outside. It's all good, you know. Yeah, but it's uh, supposed to be like sixty degrees in Boston, bro. Yeah, yeah, but then it's like it snows next week, which is just I think the uh, the perfect Boston experience of like, oh, like here's some warmth, here's some hope, and just snatch it right away. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're getting the whole spectrum. As long as I'm not shoveling my car out, I don't care. Honestly, yeah, the weather true. can do whatever. Um, but true. going going to the Celtics, so. This trade deadline overall, without jumping the gun, like for the entire league, I thought was pretty lame. On the radio show yesterday, I gave it a C minus. And <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I expected like a, a complete blockbuster trade from anybody. But I think for the Celtics, they they kind of did what I expected them to do. I, I thought that they would use more of the trade exception. Um, but I, I I just expected that it would be mostly deep down the bench depth and that's you can pretty pretty much take away that that's that's what they did that's what brad stevens did he gets xavier tillman from memphis um obviously a big sturdy defender yeah uh plays forward and center younger guy and then they get somebody interesting in Jaden springer from the sixers who had a very um, curious trade deadline with yeah, what they yeah, did yeah. in the East without jumping the gun again. Um, Springer looks like a piece maybe more for development, especially if you follow some of the comments that Brad Stevens just made about, hey, he's younger than some of the guys that are going right. to be in the draft this year. So I guess uh, my big takeaway is, is this is tweaking on the margins. I didn't want them to move anyone from kind of the top seven rotation. I didn't right. think that made sense for what they get back. So it, it's pretty much what I expected from the Celtics. Do you have a different read of how they operated? I think they, uh, they, they did get better again, just marginally, you know, uh, Xavier Tillman, maybe a guy who comes in and, and takes like some, some of the minutes that maybe uh, the Mies Kate is playing uh, right now, but 
that's like sort of what it takes to to win is is those marginal gains um and you know he, he's not at least in memphis he wasn't that great of a score but everybody all the reviews he's a, a great defender uh jay king of the athletic tweeted out you know he ranks in the 99th percentile of all defenders uh estimated plus minus and uh you know we're, we're gonna get, get into this this quote later but uh his his versatility his, his ability to switch that's that's really and i mean i was i was really shocked because you know i'm not a memphis expert i recognized his name and the fact really just two second round picks and uh lamar it was lamar stevens to memphis essentially that's a that was a kind of a steal uh for someone who is a, a pretty big rotational player down in memphis yeah but i think being a rotational player down in memphis is a little different than being a rotational player here in boston just at this point right right especially yeah. with the injuries and the and the situation in Ja Morant down in Memphis, you know, there's yeah. unfortunately a few more rotational spots than there maybe would be. I'm not trying to like say, I, I agree with you. I think it's a good value for the trade. Yeah. It's just, I, I know that well ahead of time, weeks ahead of time, like we talked about the possibility of Kelly Olynyk's return and said that that, that would be really hard yeah. to make fit because of his contract. He ends up going to Toronto um, as a native Canadian, I think that yeah. was them more doing a solid for him than like, they really a like getting Canadians. functional trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, there were, there were whisperings out there about, Oh, could you get a Sadiq Bay who looked great uh, yeah. the other night when you saw him whisperings about, Oh, would they go get uh, Andre Drummond? And so again, I, I would have been surprised by a move that big especially when you start seeing things ahead of the trade deadline where they're talking about how good the chemistry is in the locker room and all of that. I think it was kind of like the writing was on the wall that this was going to be deep bench moves. Here's what Joe Missoula had to say about the addition of Tillman. Uh, Skilled, uh, toughness, um, well coached. You know, um, obviously we paid a lot of attention to him, um, you know, just because of the team that he plays for and the coach that he has. And I think his defensive versatility, uh, you know, he has numbers. He has really good numbers against some of the top centers in the league. Uh, and his pick and roll defense and room protection is pretty good. So I think just gives us versatility at that at that position. And he, he also can switch. Like, he can handle a lot of switches. He can yeah. be on high pick and roll. Like, how important is it that he's not only a tough, he's undersized center, but he can handle the different roles you put your centers in? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's important for our bigs to be versatile. They have to be able to. And I think that's where um, KP has grown kind of in our system. And I think where Al and Luke are their foundation uh, tools to our defense is they have the ability to change matchups every possession. They have the ability to guard different guys. They can navigate off-ball communication. They can switch and they can change their depth and pick and roll. So it's the most. It's one of the most important positions in our defense is our bigs and their ability uh, to be versatile. And so he's shown that. And um, we just got to continue to coach him on it and get him up to speed in our system. So I'm looking forward to it. So one of the things that also immediately jumped out to me about this particular trade, because I think it's the more impactful for for this team. Mm-hmm. is what you said that he's he's not a big offensive production guy and how does Missoula work that into whatever minutes he's going to play in Boston if he's not going to be part of a team that is still very offensively minded even though they've certainly incorporated more defense compared to last year um they're by no means the 2022 Celtics with their focus on defense, where do you see Joe Missoula fitting him into their plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, another thing I saw pointed out, and, and forgive me, I forget who 
who tweeted this, but this idea that, uh, you know, he, he was bad in Memphis with a team with, you know, that had been really weird, you know, John Morant's uh, legal issues and in his injury. Uh, so uh, points weren't necessarily easy to come by, especially in his position, but with better talents around him, all these shooters, uh, you know, what I'd be fascinated to see what they could do with him and, and pick and roll action, uh, just be able to, to grab uh, rebounds, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I, again, I don't necessarily think he's going to be coming in and be like, you're going to get big minutes, but it, it's, it's sort of like, can you play him? Uh, maybe get some, some minutes that, that just when, when Porzingis is out uh, or maybe when, when Cornette or Horford, maybe don't have all the, all the gas in their tank. Again, just just to if you can just win those minutes, that's a huge edge. Uh, and I think, be, like like we said earlier, beyond just the offensive side, his ability to just go and switch, like Missoula said, to multiple positions. He's I think he's only six eight, so a little undersized as a as a four or five. But again, just that that ability to go and, and be across the floor. That's, that's important. That's, and I think what we'll probably see is more on, on the defense. And again, with a better team around him, I think he'll, he'll be able to get some, some more open looks. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people are calling it big insurance and I've seen some comparisons to the Mike Muscala trade that was made last year. And that really had pretty much zero impact in the playoffs, but it's a different calculation to me when you have Kristaps Porzingis on your roster. And even though he is playing extremely um, younger than his age, you have Al Horford. We've talked about this a lot. Like the idea of big insurance, I'm not sure that it's something that you'll see so much in the playoffs as when you're getting into this stretch of March and April, and you're trying to figure out that balance for someone like Porzingis of how much are you conditioning him and getting him used to these minutes and games versus maybe giving him uh, more rest than you even have Rob Williams in the past ahead of the playoffs, you know, that balance. And this just gives you another option outside of Cornette and uh, Kata, who I, I think Brad in his availability just said that they're still waiting to see if he's going to kind of be promoted off of that two-way contract. Yeah. I kind of feel like he's earned that, but he kind of already is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like, I think we talked about this before. I think he's played one game in Maine. Yeah. Uh, it's like the guy, yeah. the guy doesn't know his way around Portland, you know, yeah. just bring him yeah. down to Boston. It's, it, it, I don't know. I, yeah. what, whatever the, um, the financials around that there's you know it's just he's established yeah. residency okay you know he's yeah, probably got yeah, some place in in weston or something yeah um anything else you want to say on Jaden springer i know you had this note in from taylor snow with the celtics yeah just the uh i think uh, it, it, the celtics really sort of it seems we're focusing on defense taylor snow tweeted out you know in in, in springer's final game with philly uh, he was guarding his primary. His primary task was guarding Steph Curry. Held held him the five points when he was guarding him. Uh, just one field goal on thirty four point two possessions. I, I think you're. Who knows? Again, a guy who who's really young uh, still. But I I've seen a couple different highlights mixes of just of just his defense as a guard which you don't really see that a lot uh yeah. of people making those and posting those on on twitter or x um 
yeah, that's that's exciting. And, if, and the the fact that I'm not sure what Brad Stevens has on on Philly, the fact that that they they gave their main rival uh, a young guard, a young defensive guard with a lot of upside and potential um, for not a lot in return for a second round pick. Uh, yeah, either he has something on them or he's some sort of magician. That's uh, again another what felt like another steal on on Stevens' part. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the Sixers who had just a strange trade deadline uh, deciding to deal directly to their competitors as Embiid yeah. is undergoing this unfortunate meniscus surgery and can have recovery from that. I'm like, I'm not trying to read too deeply into it, but I'm like, are they already, is that any kind of white flag that they're waving? Maybe they just don't care about these pieces, but you don't usually see yeah. a team dealing so directly. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, we'll get into this, but yeah, the, the Pat Bev trade, to one of the other your maybe your other main competitor outside of, of the Knicks uh to the to the Bucks yeah that's uh it was it's bizarre and you I'm sure this wouldn't be happening with Embiid uh if he was healthy uh but yeah it's 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 not the best look um especially when the team is just struggling overall right now let's talk about the rest of the east and what they mm-hmm. did because you brought up one of the biggest trades um which is the Pat Beverly trade to the Bucks <laughs> you put in this amazing, I had forgotten about this uh, clip from last year with Damian Lillard when he was with the Blazers uh, getting into it with Pat Bev. And now they're going to be teammates there. Does this move the needle for you on how you feel about the Bucks in what has been a tumultuous season for them? Uh, I, I think they, I was looking this up. They lost last night to the Timberwolves uh I know it was by double digits I forget the exact score so a little I mean it 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 adds much needed uh defensive capability which has been sort of the the knock on them this whole season uh they lost yeah they they lost 129 105 129 105 that's that's pretty brutal (laughs) not not great not great uh especially you know as great as Demian Lillard is like the one knock against him is is a defense so having a guard especially who who is known almost exclusively for his defense um it will help but across the east as a whole i i didn't see anything where i was like oh these people have caught up to where boston is um through trades i will say the one that caught my attention the most was the knicks deal with detroit uh getting alec burks uh, Bohan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is really good. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, again, I don't think that necessarily catches them up to what the Celtics are doing, but it it makes a team that we've already talked about is already really good. Um, it makes them really, really dangerous. I, I, I know it's sort of them in Cleveland going back and forth for that two spot. Uh, that's that's going to be a really fascinating race to see who's who's number two and you know maybe maybe they catch up to, to boston but just presuming that things stay the way they are uh that cleveland's new york race uh for number two in milwaukee is, that's gonna be a lot of fun especially because I, I bogdanovich uh, i'm really fascinated to see how he'll do in new york me too I, I i look at new york and they remind me a lot less talented i think but they're they do remind me a lot of the Celtics from two years ago in picking up a lot of this 
momentum as they go into the second half of the season. We're not at all-star break yet, but for just basically the calendar year in January, you know, having a couple of these trades and really picking up steam and having this really, really strong defensive identity that they've kind of exploded with. Um, OG's missed a couple games, but I think he's a big piece of that. And so I think that they're, they're one that we're certainly going to continue watching. Um, Does any of these trades, I guess, including or starting with that next one, does it change how you see the landscape of the East where we went into the season, certainly saying most of us saying it's the Celtics, it's the Bucks, It's one of those two, depending on who you think won those off season trades. Now, as you look at it, who I still have the Celtics at the top. I think that's pretty clear. Who do you have uh, just beneath them as a challenger? Uh, You know, since in our last episode, we talked about how well the Knicks are doing Uh, since then the Cavs have, have sort of leapfrogged them. Uh, And I know again, we, the Knicks are dealing with some injuries. I, I really, I really do like the way the Cavs are looking right now. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, producing an all-star season that that team as a whole just seems to gel um and as i mentioned too while while that is 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 really fascinating to watch and i'm i'm really glad that that mitchell is getting sort of his his due uh this Knicks team is again very similar a team that has gelled they all seem to like each other um and they're really like they they have that whole city buzzing uh so again i don't necessarily see it changing that landscape per se um, but it does make it more, it does make it at least with like the Knicks trade. I do, I do think that makes them a more dangerous team, uh, not just to the Celtics, but to everyone else. So I, I wouldn't say this is going to put them over the top, but it does make it, I would be like, Hey, like this team was already good. You'd be a little bit more worried because they, they got some really good pieces out of this. Do you want to talk about Gordon Hayward and Grant? <laughs> like I kind of have moved on from them. Just yeah. guys who are moving around the league. Gordon Hayward to OKC. Uh, a couple people I talked to were excited about that from the perspective of OKC so good and they want the best for Gordon mm-hmm. after the way things went here. Grant is that was a quick trip with Dallas. So yeah, yeah. you know, best of luck to him in Charlotte. Yeah, best of luck. I I will say the Gordon Hayward trade, uh, out of all the trades, I think may have fascinated me the most across the, the landscape. Um he's probably the only guy in OKC who remembers the 90s uh now, but also a guy who's who's been sort of lost in the wilderness in Charlotte. Yeah. Solid, a solid guy, still solid player. Uh, you know, at 33, I think is old by NBA standards. That's but, wild, Gordon Hayward's 33. Yeah, yeah. Um time comes for all of us. It it does. But now on a team where he his talents will be used in a much more effective way, where he he's not like the star and he is a star and and that somehow i think can make him much more dangerous because everybody's like oh, we gotta stop sga we gotta stop chat we gotta stop all these other guys and now they have hayward who uh maybe coming off the bench getting some key minutes uh just the knowledge of uh of, of being in the playoffs that's gonna that's i think gonna pay big dividends for okc and he's not gonna have any access to the aux cord it's going to be like, you are not coming in here. Almost certainly. Some 1998 Jay-Z in the locker room. Yeah, almost certainly. No. Uh, let's move on to Dake Flight because a lot of other stuff going on with All-Star Break coming up. Um, yeah. A lot of fun stuff to dive into. Let's start with 
a topic that will not go away um, because Derek White snubbed. How many times can you be snubbed? I guess, yeah. you know, so he's he's snubbed for the all-star reserves, which I think we all we we agreed that we saw that coming. Um, mm-hmm. He and Porzingis, though, both snubbed as alternates um, for when Julius Randle and who is the other? Embiid. And Embiid, of course, of course, right. <laughs> uh, who cannot participate in all-star in the all-star game. And instead, there's Trey Young and Scotty Barnes. So do you feel like that was the right call? I would say just from the jump. I think Trey Young is a little bit more obvious. Um, yeah. Not a great Hawks team, but his numbers certainly catapult him into the category where I think he can be considered. And yeah. he's a big enough star. I know that shouldn't really matter, but it's all-star weekend. So he, look, he's, a bigger, he's a bigger star than Derek yeah. White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, looking at my sort of personal list, Trey Young was always like sort of the the question, the mystery box for me. Um, He's such a polarizing guy. Yeah. And not, I mean, in terms of his role with that team. Yeah. Uh, you know, his numbers this year, he's shooting uh, 20. He's averaging 27 points um, uh, on 43 percent shooting from the field. Um, that's that's pretty that that's pretty standard. It's like, oh, like that guy's an all star. I, I do sort of wonder how much you you have to consider winning uh, in in this sort of calculation as an individual player. Uh, I don't know how much you can say like, oh, the wins and losses are just on him. Again, a team that isn't great as a whole. Um, so I think for the most part, every other all-star uh, on the East, at least, is playing on a team that is winning uh, that is in a playoff contention where the Hawks are not. So that being all that being said, it makes sense. I, I will say it, I, the, the Derek white conversation has always been to me. I think it should have been a Chris Apps Porzingis conversation. Uh, hmm. Cause I think I thought he was going to be, if there was gonna be a third all-star on the Celtics, I thought it should have been him. Um, so him and Scotty Barnes, that's, I think that was a bit more of a toss up. So I understand why they went with Scotty, uh, a young, you know, younger name uh, on on the rise, uh, a guy who is go- is a, a face of that franchise. So that that was sort of where the the split was for me is is if if somebody if he's going to replace somebody uh, if somebody's going to replace somebody else from the, on the as a reserve, I thought it would have been Porzingis. I don't know how, how did you feel. Porzingis has better numbers when you look at it, but the number that hurts them is just 37 games. You know, he, his availability, it's, it it makes sense strategically for what the Celtics are trying to do this year, but I don't think it garners you all-star attention. And I think that's fair. You know, if, if that's the role on the team that you have to be kind of delicately handled, you know, you, you look at what the trade-off for something like that is. You look at what why Embiid can't participate in All-Star Weekend. I'm not saying that, you know, Porzingis can't still get injured in any game that he does play in or one way and one way is the tougher way. I just think that when it comes to All-Star honors, um, especially in a league where the commissioner is trying to make an effort to give incentive to playing more nights, and making sure that the stars are out there when people are buying tickets for the games. Right. It, it makes sense to me that Porzingis wouldn't be in the mix. Yeah. And, and I, I will say, um, I think my thought process was Porzingis. Again, I, 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 I think everybody. Like, is has... Porzingis a better player? Yeah. 
yeah. you know, I'd, I'd take Porzingis on my team over both those guys if I'm right. building a team um, any night. But at the same time, I the, the league runs all-star and for the reserves, that's yeah. who's making the decisions. Yeah, I, I think my thought process was um, as, as, as great as Derek White has been playing this season, the person who has been the most the most transformative to what the team has been able to do, I think is very obvious, is Porzingis. Um, so that was why I, I was like, oh, that should have been him. I, I think uh, Justin, who again is out on the field right now, had uh, he had uh, tweeted out, I was like, oh, like uh, Adebayo over Porzingis was, uh, that was, he disagreed with that. And I, I, I would have sided with Adebayo as well, just because of, of you know, he he was an All Star last year. He's putting up similar numbers this year, um, and just what his he's, his role is on that team. Um, but I think with both of them, it, it's just kind of like it, it, we've had we talked about this before too. You know, um, when you have that much talent, you're you're, you're just you, somebody's numbers have to get sacrificed. And right. And uh, you know, what what would you rather be, an All Star or a winner? And I think the I think they they both uh, rather be a team that's a one seed that uh has a, a very real shot at at making a deep run into the playoffs to the finals um so i think that's uh that's that's what they're um that's what's more important but quickly before we move on can i we're on this Derek white conversation can i tell you yeah. my uh my girlfriends katie who love with the rage of a thousand stars she has been begging me to mention her on the podcast for, okay. for weeks now and shout out katie shout out katie so her, she has n- nicknamed Derek White Pippin from Lord of the Rings. She. Oh, I thought this was a Scotty thing. Not Scotty, the other Pippin. Uh, okay. Because she looked at him during one game. She's like, he looks like a hobbit just running out there. And I was like, that's that's kind of rude. You're like, that's uh, mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other night, uh, just looked up. He he had hit a three or something against the Hawks, and he looks up. And he's like. Pippin scores again. So you know what? Shout out, uh, shout out Katie with the original Lord of the Rings reference there. Are you like a Lord of the Rings head? I, I'm oh. not really into the fantasy stuff besides Harry Potter because I'm a millennial. Yeah, and yeah. um we're re uh, my fiance and I are rewatching Game of Thrones right now, which was kind yeah. of like an accidental rewatch. And now we're like, well, we that's just the started best kind. season two. We gotta we gotta keep yeah. it going. No, uh, I'm deep. Yeah, deep into Lord of the Rings. Uh, big fan. Yeah, I saw when the uh, you, you did the the character comparison for uh, all the the Game of Thrones guys to the oh the Patriots. for mm-hmm. yeah yeah trying yeah. to figure out who the next head coach was going to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, my so, God, Bob yeah, Kraft yeah. out there doing stuff in Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're uh, we're we're big fans over here, and she's a specifically big fan of. Uh, of Aragorn, unfortunately. Anyways, that's a different, different <laughs> conversation. Different conversation. On to the next hot, hot uh, take flight. All right, hot take flight. Uh, Jalen Brown. Okay, this I love. I yeah. love, love, love. Let's just mm-hmm. get right to it. Jalen Brown is participating in the All Star Dunk Contest. Um, let's hear from Jason Tatum, and then we'll get into why this is a surprisingly divisive topic in Boston locally. Jason, um, are you going to help? Jalen in the dunk contest, are you going to stand under the rim or are you going to give him tips? What's the process been like uh, now that he apparently or almost officially is entering? What's your reaction to that? Uh, I mean, if he asked me, I would be open to it. Uh, like I said, I don't know. 
officially if he's announced that he's in, but um, I think I think it would be great for him to participate in it, right? Uh, kind of bring back the that star power to um, the dunk contest that, you know, we want to see all the big name guys be in it. You know, that's how I grew up watching it. So, uh, you know, I, w- I would love for him to be in it. And I would love for him to win. And uh, I think it would be exciting to see. So I, I, I'll just say from the jump, I think Jalen participating in the dunk contest is one of the best things. This sounds outrageous, but one of the best things he's done in his career so far. Uh, I, he is the, on paper, the highest paid player in the league. Yeah. Um, which happens whenever someone signs a super max, but he holds, he holds the belt right now. Um, he's super high up in the, um, NBA PA. He's been a vice president. He's held leadership there for the last five years. Mm -hmm. I think this is such a good example because the dunk contest has sucked for, you know, at least eight years. You know, you can go back to the Zach Levine back-to-back years, which people like to point to and go like, oh, well, in 2016, the dunk contest was mm-hmm. was still a thing. And it's like, but it, it wasn't really because Zach Levine wasn't Zach Levine at that time. He was just this very young guy. Yeah. And so I I think it it is a really good example that Jalen is setting as somebody who is that type of player. He's a physical guy. He's a legitimate dunker in games. And so instead of going to the three-point contest like everybody yeah. else does, he's like, all right, I'm going to take it back, kick it kind of retro. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, the other three contestants, uh, Mac McClung, Jaime Jaquez from, from the Heat, and Jacob Toppin, uh, they're going to be the other participants. Uh, so I, 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 I guess, is it fair to say – Brown is the best in-game dunker that the Celtics have in terms of smoothness, uh, athleticism, wow factor. Yeah, yeah, and he's very. I think he's. I can't. I have. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he probably dunks the most. Right. Yeah. I, know I, I was. Yeah. Tatum, it, it, Tatum gets highlights for his yeah. infractions he gets for hanging on the rim. Yeah. On the rim. But uh, Jalen, like, it's actually a part of his game. Whereas when I think of anybody else, it's it's a once in a while type thing. Yeah, and and to your point too, it is really cool to see a legitimate star. I think he's the only all star of the of the group uh, who is uh, participating in the dunk contest. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of the white whale for for the dunk contest that we may never see is like lebron right like i, I wish that would happen it, it's like that's the one guy so like, annoying oh. yeah i don't think we've ever seen Giannis, right he's never been uh in it as far yeah. as i as far as i remember so like the guys who are like oh those are the best dunkers in the game um haven't traditionally done it and you know you go back you think about you know when when jordan was doing it uh and you know just legendary moments um and so to have one of the top athletes top players in the game doing it yeah it's it's exciting it's exciting it's uh the last celtic to win at gerald green back in 07 in vegas and the only other guy d brown for the celtics in 1991 so if he wins he would be only the third celtic to ever win uh the dunk contest and i think i think he has a, a good of a shot i think the hard thing about the dunk contest, it's not just about how good of a dunker you are. You have to be creative. Too. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm 
look, he's he he went to Cal. He's a he's a smart guy. He's a creative guy. I'm sure he'll he'll have. I'm sure he has a whole team on it. You know, researching what's out there. Um, I say it was divisive because we had Brian Scalabrini on our radio show a couple days ago before it had been announced. But uh, I think it was Shams who had it out there who was saying that it was something that Jalen was seriously considering. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) Scal's take was, well, there is a risk there because it's a physical contest. And I just like all due respect to Scal, love you, Scal. But like, I just can't. I can't get I can't live in a world where we're disregarding the dunk contest because it's dangerous, you know, like, come on. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever has anybody ever gotten hurt doing the. I can't remember recall a situation where somebody got physically hurt. Um, from this. I don't I, I I think there may have been one time. I don't know. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I don't think it, it would be anything serious. You, yeah. you think about things in. um that have happened in the postseason, like there's a point where Tatum hit his hand against the back of a backboard trying right. to block a shot. Um, we all know that Jalen hurt his hand last year in the first round, watering mm-hmm. his plants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so look, like as long as he's not gardening, I think he can participate in the dunk <laughs> contest. That's that should be the dunk. He he puts like a, a, oh. a pot on the back of the, the back iron, and he gets like a, a water thing, and then he dunks it and then is waters at the same time that's nice. there we go that there's the dunk that's right it. there i like um, or maybe he like hangs up some vines or something oh yeah i like it i like it uh what is you you mentioned in recent years the dunk contest hasn't been what it has been in the past what is sort of your favorite dunk contest's memory so um I always think I'm probably just because of the age that I am and the age that it was when this happened was Vince Carter. Oh, yeah. And I think 2000. Like oh, when yeah. I think the dunk contest, of course, you think of the old images, old to us, of Jordan. But right. like, I don't, you know, when I think about what I remember, the first big one I remember was Vince Carter. And the, then I the feel arm like arm through the rim. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel like the the last one, and I've written about this before for WEI, the last one that I really feel like generated serious headlines was the ridiculous Blake Griffin Kia yeah. dunk in 2011. That's you know? what I was gonna say. I'm, where yeah. I'm like, we're not above gimmicks, you know, it's a dunk contest. We can do props, to, we can bring yeah. in crazy stuff. It has to be like a good gimmick because the like Blake Griffin, it was it was so good because it wasn't just the car; it was that Baron Davis was lobbing it to him through the sunroof, and yeah. then he he also had he brought out the choir who was yeah I was singing. gonna say that was great. It's great theatrics. Make so it you, a production. Yeah, but it make make it production, but make it cool, make it funny. Uh, and Blake Griffin is was uh, you know he's all of those things, so that was great. The other one I was gonna say that came to mind recently that I really liked was when Nate Robinson dunked over Dwight Howard and if you remember uh Dwight Howard had you know the, the whole Superman thing and uh, yeah and he had won the year before I believe and Nate Robinson came out he was with the Knicks at the time came out on the all green Knicks uniform the the uh the green uh Nike foams and he, his moniker was Crypto Nate and he jumped he dunked over Howard stuff like that that's that is- that's that's wonderful this is what we got to bring back. Yeah. We need some theatrics. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if Jalen will bring that, but I'm really excited that he's that he's participating. And Let's I up. will. Last thing before we go on, I will say, uh, 
we are kind of in what may be a golden era of Mexican uh, NBA players. Uh, oh. Speaking as you know, uh, as, as a Mexican American myself, uh, we got mm-hmm. uh, Devin Booker, who, who who's who's Mexican on I believe on his mom's side. Uh, it, Juan Anderson won a championship. Was the first uh, Mexican player to win a championship with the Warriors. Now we got a Mexican in the dunk contest in the Jaime Jaquez. This is uh. As this is this is incredible stuff. Theos and Theos everywhere are are off the walls. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Jaime Hawkins, uh doing like a also like a like a, a sleeping like this guy maybe like a, a third place rookie of the year sort of sort of yeah. Dude, uh, I Miami. liked him in the draft, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think everybody did, but yeah, I, I think everyone thought in the draft that was a perfect fit for him. Yeah, so uh, so shout out Jaime. Uh, there, there's uh, a there's a in the uh, in the dunk contest. Who would have thought? Would you like him to bring any particular theatrics? I, you know, I don't know. I think uh, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't know if anything theatric wise. I'm just excited to to see to see what he does. And and you know, uh, Mac Mac McClung uh, was he was pretty exciting last year too. So I think it's going to yeah. be a, a really fun dunk contest overall. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, our, but there's a there is another uh, kind of big. Thing happening in the sports world on Sunday. I mean, also big yeah. in our region because the yeah. Patriots are diving into a complete rebuild. But Super Bowl Sunday, um, do you have any radical predictions? I, I'll throw mine right out there. I'm done done betting against Patrick Mahomes. I think mm. that the Niners are the better team. Um, yeah. I think that Kansas City, this is one of these iterations where it's going to be more about the defense. But at yeah. the end of the day, I just don't think it's going to be Brock Purdy hoisting that trophy instead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's it's it's a hard thing to, to pick against. Um, I also sort of think that San Francisco is 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 the better team, and so I look. I'm, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. It's hard for me to say. <laughs> I, I lean San Francisco just because, as a whole, I think there's uh, it, it's just a little more solid, but. When you have like a generational guy like like Mahomes, uh, it's hard to pick against. I, I mentioned this in the the documents. Who do you think would be the best basketball player? I, I think Mahomes had a quote uh, in a Sports Center feature a little while ago. Like, oh, in different life, maybe I've been basketball guy. Uh, Travis Kelsey seems like a basketball guy. Who 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 could you see? Yeah, I remember. An NBA career? So I, I, uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, my fiance actually told me this because he's mm-hmm. a big Jason Kelsey fan, yeah. um, and not as much Travis Kelsey. And he said that yeah. Travis grew up as a basketball player, whereas Jason grew up, um, I think as a hockey player as that their kind sense. of secondary sports, yeah. which says some, so, so maybe I'd go with Travis Kelsey. He certainly has the size. Anybody else in particular? Like, I, I'm sure that there's guys out there who were dual sport athletes who there, there must be somebody in the league who got, you know, a college yeah. scout interested just because of the athleticism. And yeah. 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 I, I, I don't, I don't know. I would love to see though, like Andy Reed get like, just someone to give him like a 10 day coaching contract. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, let, let him coach the bucks. Let's see what happens. Who knows? I, I, can yeah. See yeah. I can see what is what is your go to Super Bowl snack? So I, it's funny because we had wings in the studio yesterday, which were great. Shout out mm. Star Market. Um, but I am much more a nachos girl. 
Like yeah. out of all the Super Bowl snacks, nachos are king. Nachos over everything. Put yeah. whatever you want on the nachos. Any meat, no meat, just piles of melted cheese and I'm there. I think that's yeah. without a doubt. I do not touch the veggie platter. Like no. don't even put it in front of me. It's offensive to me. No, Not a thing. You. Not a thing. I I, I am going for... Uh... I do pigs in a blanket every year. That's Ooh. that's a favorite. Um, yeah, I'm also going to do like some roast beef tacos. We're going to try that. We'll see see how how that works. Um, and then I'm I'm, a, I'm also make a cheesecake. It's going to be it's going to be a good cheesecake. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, shout out to my uh, our good friend, uh, me and my girlfriend's good friend, Maya, uh, just got accepted into Harvard grad school. So uh, that we're, we're going to be celebrating that a little bit on Sunday as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, last thing. Uh, Usher halftime show. Yeah, uh, we are both of the age where we remember the heyday of Usher confessions era. Uh, where do you think this will rank on Super Bowl halftime uh, list all time? I have really high expectations. Confessions yeah. Part Two is oh, yeah. one of one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's an incredibly yeah. underrated song. I think also like people forget or they sleep on early, early Usher, like late nineties, yeah. circa two thousand, two thousand one Usher with My Way. Like the, there's some deep cuts in there that are yeah. like you'll hear them and you'll be like, oh yeah, this is a forgotten memory. I yeah, think you remind me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I think there's I, I, um, we were talking about on the sh on the radio show what our favorite shows were, and they did such an excellent job a couple of years ago with um Dre and Snoop and Eminem and Kendrick. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope that there's a couple surprise guests. Um. So I'm hoping it's like top ten, top twelve material. I think the it's 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 always hard for me to put anything above Prince in Miami raining, singing purple rain. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. All right. We've run out of time here. Um, so hopefully we get some incredibly juicy information from Justin cause we missed him today, yeah. but uh, thank you for tuning in. You can catch us here or wherever you get your uh, podcasts uh, and Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Have a safe and stuffed delicious Sunday.